Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, welcome to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable with me, Sean Phelan. This week, I chat to the team at Sandback RFC, where we get to chat about engaging their players as well as the community during lockdown three and their big plans for the future. But first, I need to say a big thank you to our friends at Rugby Store, who have been with us since day one. And you can save yourself 10% off your order at rugbystore.co.uk when you use our promo code FYBPOD at the checkout. They've also got an extra 10% off all of their Six Nations gear. So why not check out rugbystore.co.uk and use our promo code FYBPOD to save yourself some more money. Now, let's get on with the show. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's edition of the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable. Uh, I'm pleased to be joined by Sandbank Rugby Club up in uh, Chester. Uh, nice to meet you fellas, thanks for joining us. Uh, Eggy, if you want to introduce yourself and then we'll go round the round, we'll go round the round table, I guess. Uh, and uh, yeah, introduce yourselves and let us know what you do at your clubs. Yep, so uh, I'm Eggy, I'm current club captain at the moment. I've uh, been at the club since I was six, so I'm 27 years now. So it's been a while I've been there, so I've done everything. Nice to meet you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for giving up your evening. Uh, and Jack? Yeah, I, I'm Jack. I've been in the club since I was about 10, so 20-odd years now. Uh, it's quite a long time, not as long as Eggy. Um, yeah, just been involved since, since then, apart from a brief sabbatical. But yeah, <laughs> Nice to meet you, Jack. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming. Nick, welcome to the roundtable. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, as you said, my name's Nick. Um, I was a bit of a late bloomer to rugby, so I started playing at the Batch when I was 17. Had a little sabbatical as well away from the club, but I've, I've been in and around this, the senior setup for about 10 years um, and sort of do uh, help out on our social media channels um, and, and a, a number of other little things as well at the club at the minute. Nice, nice to meet you. Uh, Cheers, yeah. Uh, and finally, Andrew, you were the one that yeah, organised... Yeah, thanks Sean, for, thanks, Sean, for having us on tonight. Um, obviously, have been following your, your podcast and your sites for a number of weeks in lockdown and just thought it'd be good to get the lads on. So, uh, I'm Andrew. Um, I've been at the club again for a long time, 30-odd years, um, from a playing capacity to a coaching capacity um, and, and now moved into a sort of director of rugby role alongside coaching as well with the, with the first team. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's what it is. Well, uh, nice to meet you. Um, if you haven't seen these before, so we asked questions about how how uh, how the club was, and or how the club is, how the club was before before the sort of COVID shit happened. Um, you know, and we talk about hopes and uh, hopes and fears, and we just yeah we chat about grassroots rugby because that's you know, that's what we all love. That's what we all do on a Saturday afternoon and throughout the week. So, um, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Sandback and uh, how many teams do you run? How many players have you got? So yeah, just uh, someone give us a little bit of background. Yeah, so we've we've got we're sort of um we well we've got a, a sort of a real positive 
mini junior section. We run we run three competitive teams in the league. So first down to third team, uh, senior Colts, junior Colts, all the way down to under sixes. And that's something that we've sort of pride ourselves on is our mini and junior section. All the lads on the screen have, have been through that. Um, and, you know, there's a huge amount of sort of transition from, from the junior setup to the senior setup. Uh, club was founded 1936, um, formerly associated with Sandbach School, um, which some of you may know are listening in as sort of a um, rugby playing school. So there's a lot of transition again from school and club. And we're a one club town and one school town. So every boy in the town goes to that school. Um, and there's only one rugby club in the town as well. So that works really, really well. Um, move to the current site that we're on, 19... 79 um and that's then evolved we've we've re subsequently leased some more pitches we've built a bigger clubhouse we've built a, a, a s and c facility on site we've expanded car parks we've um re revised kitchen facilities and all the changing rooms that, that the visiting teams come into now are reasonably good um you know and something that we pride ourselves on as a club is trying to make sort of the hospitality and the time when you come to the rugby club is as good as it possibly can be, whether you're a spectator, whether you're a visiting team, a referee or whatever it may be. So that's where we are, really. We've been playing at level five now for 10 years um, after a few sort of 1990 promotions um, and then a few relegations. And sort of from 2007 onwards, really, the club has sort of really progressed as a as a sort of a community club. But, you know, we're sort of trying to be as professional as we can be without being professional, if that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah sense. that sort of gives a bit of background. We're, we're sort of pretty proud to play for the, or be involved in the club. I think the lads will all testify to that. We've got a, you know, we're, it's quite a lot of lads who stick around for a long, long time. Um, and even lads who then on gone and go play bigger and better rugby will always come back on a Saturday for a beer. And, and, and we're very welcome to that. Lovely. Um, so, um, rugby hasn't happened for, for a year or so now. So, but what was uh, the club like? in sort of the lead up to lockdown, you know, a year ago? Uh, yeah, the, the club was in a really good place. So last season we actually had our highest finish in, well, the old National Three, which is now the Midlands Prem. We finished fifth, which I think, Andrew might correct me, but I think that's our highest ever league finish as a club. Yeah. Um, it was, we, we were literally just going into a transition period. So last year we had a coach and staff of Rob Webber, the former South Sharks hooker. Yeah. He was involved with the club and he's with us for, for three years. And he's he really sort of helped take the club from being an amateur club to have real aspirations of being sort of the most professional, like Andrew said before, the most professional amateur club you could be without you know any money or anything like that being involved. Um, but so yeah, we had Rob involved. We had a new coach come in called Matt Bevington, who joins from Sedgley Park, which are national two, national one side in the past three or four years and Andrew's been involved with that as well and obviously the transition now was Andrew going into the director of rugby role and, and Matt Bevington, Bebs going into the, the head coach role and we had Nathan Rushton join us as well from Sedgley Park um, and we were just sort of getting everything underway to, to kick start and you know having finished fifth last year we had big aspirations as a squad to, to either emulate that or, or go bigger and I think you know certainly from the little bits that we have been able to do in COVID training, we know where it's been permitted. Um, we were probably in a good place to do that again. Uh, we, we, you know, we always retain pretty much the same squad. There's always one or two lads who will go off and and play at you know at, at clubs in National One or in the Championship. And there's you know there's lads at 
down at Cornish Pirates, we've got Will Cargill down there, and we've got you know lads who've obviously haven't played for the club for ten years or so in, in Will Cliff, James Gaskell, who are playing in the Premiership now. Oh, yeah. Um, but we've always retained a real good sort of the same lads have always been there. Um, so we always retain you know twenty five out of that twenty eight man first team squad every year, and we'd retain that and we'd brought a couple of lads back from from Coldy, obviously a national one side. So we're in a great place, okay? We didn't really come at the best time for us, but we all stuck together and uh, we're just raring to go when we can. And how about the mini and junior sections? Um, how were they faring? How many kids do you normally get down a, on, a, on a Sunday morning? Yeah, so with um, my son being in the under sixes, he's been lucky enough to be in there for the last three seasons. Um, <laughs> he's young and uh, I've got to grips with how to coach six-year-olds now. Um, but it's patience. Yeah, so we're starting. We're usually about twenty-five children from the under sixes all the way up, and around the ten to fourteen age groups, we around forty children in each of them age groups. And the same as every other club, when they start getting my late teenagers, it's very hard to keep them interested. They find girls and going out, but hopefully they they go out, oh. and they come back and. Um, they get like us and we like going out and girls still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beer and bacon and heads of the third team. That's 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 uh that's what I did. Um, so how 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 do you how do you you said you touched on there the, the ten to fourteen year olds finding finding other things to do. How do you sort of engage with them to to make sure that they do stick around or you they all they always know that you're there whenever they want a rugby game? So with that, the like the coaches we invest um like Andrew Director Rugby and our coaching assist, the senior coaches, they work directly with every age group coach and they have um webinars and um Zoom calls monthly talking about what they can do in training and what we can do to keep the guys interested, which is quite difficult without games at the moment. But then we've got the um the two social media experts in Nick and Jack who are um, bringing on that side and we're just trying to keep the rugby well the atmosphere of being with the lads but not being able to be with the lads um in a yeah. totally different context sort of thing so i'll pass you over to nick and uh, jack and they'll just um elaborate on that a little bit more and it's on the media yeah oh mate yeah it's, it's been pretty good it, we had a, a well i started with a twitter account really that um Started off as a joke, secret Twitter account in the club, and no one knew who it was. And then it, it kind of stuck, and the, it, we got a bit of a following, a cult following. Um, it was actually another lad from the, the club who was playing elsewhere at the time. He was doing it, uh, and then he got me on board, and then the club decided they wanted in on it, so we gave it over to them, and it's come back around to me, Nick, Andrew, and a few of the mini junior parents doing it now, which is pretty good, um, keeping a lot of people engaged and in the club through a load of challenges. We did a around the grounds challenge previously, a few weeks ago, um, which was essentially going from Bradle Road, which is where we play, to every single Premiership club in a circuit, um, just running it. And uh, I don't know; it's in, impressive for the under nines or embarrassing for the seniors, but the under nines won it and they beat everyone. <laughs> they got around first. Definitely uh, impressive. How many miles is that? It was one thousand six hundred kilometres, roughly. Yeah. It's, that's 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 impressive. That's impressive for an under under nines. That's and a very fit under nine set. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of little steps, isn't it? 
<laughs> Definitely. Have you found that it's been harder um, keeping people engaged this time round in lockdown three than it has been in, in sort of the first the first couple? Um, possibly. We're, we're doing a lot of things. Uh, we're constantly talking about little things we can put out, whether it's throwbacks or, or challenges moving forwards um, and, and things to get people in and around the town and the rugby clubs. We've just done a, a 5 or 5 challenge, which is essentially you either go and run 5K on the Saturday morning in some sandbatch kit or uh, go and spend the five in a local business or ideally do both. Um, and that got pretty good reception. I think we got around a lot of local businesses and there was a lot of kit going out around Sandbatch, which was good. One of the old boys was giving us running updates of who we saw around Sandbatch on Facebook. Uh, so <laughs> a shout out to Madge on that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, there's just loads of things going on. Like Strava has been a massive thing. Um, different running groups in Strava have been engaged through this one. I think the big lads set up their own one because we were getting annoyed with Nizza um, running away with it. Especially Eggy, he couldn't keep up from all accounts. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there's loads going on, isn't there? Yeah, uh, I think no. to touch on what Sorry. Jack said, it's uh, like on your question, it's it probably has been slightly hard lockdown three because lockdown one and two, we used all of our ideas up, so we, we have had to be slightly more imaginative. But to be fair, like Andrew said when he was talking about sort of sandbatch as a community, we are, you know, we've got a football club, a rugby club, and a couple of cricket clubs, and that's about it, and everyone sort of buys into that. It is slightly harder, obviously. It sounds silly because it, well, it sounds silly because it's slightly harder to get into that age group of what Eggy was saying, a 10 to 14, 15 year olds. And it's just because obviously the myself, Jack, Andrew, who are sort of running the social media, it's trying to get into their heads and work out what they're using. Are they using TikTok? Are we going to have Eggy on TikTok on a weekly feature? <laughs> or, or, or what? But, to, but so that, that's the challenge at the minute is trying to get into a slightly younger audience. But I think from a, a senior point of view and you know all the people around the club from sort of 18 plus everyone's bought into that so it's now just trying to make sure we can make sure we get those m and j's involved and and then it, by having them on social media and have them having us on social media it'll keep them interacting with us for you know years won't it so i think i think with that we, we we sort of made a big conscious effort as a club not just social media i know we've touched on that quite a lot there but we just want to be in the minds of our members and our wider community not every day, whether it be a social media post or a news post or a virtual program that we've put together. I mean, we've done a couple of these podcasts ourselves and website articles and stuff like that. It's more that we we want to allow that pathway back into the club, whether it be coming on a Saturday to watch the first team, whether it be making a tea and coffee on a Sunday or whether it be going to a function on a Friday night, which has got nothing really to do with the rugby. It's just keeping the club in, in, in the, in the mind of the community. And, you know, we, from a sort of a rugby side of things, we've, we've accessed, you know, we've put on, you know, clinics for position specific stuff for kids to join if they want. We've put on um, zoom calls about attack, about defense, about, um set piece we've 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 put on sort of cpd nights and we're we're constantly sharing stuff that whether the rfu or cheshire are putting on and sharing that out to our sort of wider club community and saying look you know you might be 15 years of age but you could be the next referee here's a course why don't you have a look at it um but we're also conscious that we don't want to like oversaturate players and and thing like we have big thing for us and this is something that from a coaching side of the fence, like when Webbs was around with me, Bebs and Webbs would have a chat and we'd be like, there's so much we can go into, but ultimately there's only so much saturation point for players. And actually 
video analysis of an old game every Saturday would be great for one or two, but actually it is a shelf life. I think, you know, you saw that in lockdown one, there was so much like online challenges, unbelievable. And I was sat there thinking, what are they going to do next week? And funnily enough, it stops. And, you know, I think you've got to have like the, you've got to have something in mind the way you're going to get to. So yeah, a lot, lots will change. I think between now and when we get back on the field and we're sort of making plans to, to hopefully different scenarios, what that looks like when we can get the chance. Did you get any rugby in during the summer? Yeah. 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 We yeah. When we could, like the groups of six was pretty good. It's well organised. Um, did loads of that kind of stuff. And then we had a um, the Ready for Rugby game. We had a, we managed to sneak in one festival on that, didn't we? Which was good. Yeah. Um, that kept everyone together. Would blow out. Um, Colts involved with that as well, wasn't it? That which was pretty good. Felt pretty normal putting your socks on and shorts and a bit of, and your kit. It was good. Yeah. Missed it, missed it, massively missing it. So, um, obviously, rugby's not probably not going to return for a little while. But if there was to be a ready for rugby sooner rather than later, is that something that everyone would sort of buy into as sort of a way to just get back to doing something, or is, or is it just yeah, summer? But now we want the real stuff. Um, I personally take anything at the moment. Um, yeah. And like be with the lads, playing rugby. It may not be in the form as we all love it, but anything's better than nothing at the moment, in my eyes. Yeah, yeah definitely. Go on, Nick. No, go on, Andrew. <laughs> I think we sent a mail shout out to all the lads this morning, actually, the senior players, and just said, look, you know, what things we'll just we'll make a decision based on the time between when restrictions lift and when the season restarts and we'll just base everything on that. And if it is ready for rugby internal stuff, then we'll do that as best we possibly can to upskill our lads and get them ready. And the same with if we can't do it and we can only, re you know, if we if restrictions lift in May, you know, is it worth coming in for May to give them June off to come back for June, July and August? Well, that's the decision you've got to make, isn't it? To, you know, if we if we guarantee league rugby set, you know, in such an important year that's going to come up, that we want to be as prepared as we possibly can be. I think we'd just be happy just to get back, just just back training, even at, I can't remember what the stage, well, this stage is F and E, or I can't remember what they were exactly, but whatever those stages were, when we were in, even when we were just training in the groups of six, it was just good to be back around the club. And then, after you know, after a train, having a couple of beers outside, socially distanced, obviously, um, and just being back around the lads, like Aggie said, because it, it's not just the you know, it's not just the rugby thing; it's the whole mental health side of things, and and seeing people. And I don't have kids, but for people like Eggy and, and Andrew have got kids. I can imagine they look forward to Tuesday, Thursdays, even if it's snowing and minus two degrees, like it is at the minute. I personally would not want to be training this right now. So I'm actually quite glad for COVID at the minute. But uh, yeah, I think we're just we'll just be happy to get back to anything we can do, um, and if there are a few rule changes, then it means you know you know no scrummaging and following what the the Allianz Premier Fifteen's been doing. Then I don't think that's a bad thing at the minute. But obviously, you think, that, you think that's in the future for for rugby at this level? I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to gauge. I've obviously I've seen I've seen some of the Allianz Premier Fifteen stuff, and they, they probably have one or two scrums a a game, and I actually think. From um, for trying to get participation levels up, it's actually a really attractive game to watch. And I know there'll be front rows watching this game. He doesn't know what he's talking about. We need scrums in a game, 
But from, from my point of view, as a, a nine, I love it. It's quick, it's fast, it's good to watch. But don't get me wrong, when as soon as you know we get the green light from the, the RFU to play the full game, you know, I think we're all raring to go and, and get back to what we can. But I think we're just raring to play any rugby. So if there are some rule changes, but we still had a bit of contact then, I think everyone's keen for that. Definitely. You touched them on there, uh, on the RFU. How much of a help uh, have either your local board been or, or the RFU in general with, with some of the stuff that they've been putting out? Yeah, I mean, we're quite fortunate, really, that sort of we, we all try and, from a coaching and sort of the admin side of things, we try and keep our ear to the ground. Um, we probably felt, I mean, rugby as a sport is probably more complex than any of the other sort of community sports that are widely spread, whether it be football, cricket and, and hockey specifically. Um, but the information was pretty concise. I think the infographics they did from, a, you know, pushing it for us, pushing it around the clubs and schools that this is what you can and can't do. And, you know, we we sort of, yeah, no, it's, it was it was good. I think it was probably a couple of days later than it probably could have been. Um, the FA and, and ECB and England hockey were always pretty on, on it. But again, the complexities of the sports probably delay that. Um, and the same with, you know, Cheshire RFU, our, our sort of CB, they, they sort of were, you know, on things as well. And, you know, we had a conversation with different um, RFU representatives, you know, and they were gauging. I, I fielded a call from the player um, recruitment, newly appointed player recruitment manager. And he was just saying, look, can we just have a chat about what you're noticing with numbers and all this? And I was like, look, we've actually never had as many senior players on our books as we did this summer. Um, we had more players had official sponsors from local businesses than we've ever had, ever. And we've not even played a game. Uh, maybe we had a bit more time to organise that. that. That's probably helped because we weren't rushing into league rugby and lads disappearing off to university as maybe as quick as they would normally. But, you know, I think the, yeah, no, it's, it was it was all right. It was all right. Uh, you touched on it there, the, the uh, sponsorship of players. How have the club, um, have they suffered financially? Uh, are you in a good position? Um, was there any, was there any point? Because uh, I only say this because they're, there was lots of clubs sort of at the beginning that were really scared about whether they'll be able to return, whether they can afford to return. We've got a, a uh, very, very club? we've got a really committed committee um, and board of di- a board not of directors. I think they are directors now and going to a limited company, but we've got very few overheads. Um, you know, we've got a bar staff, um, we've got a groundsman, um, and we've got a couple of coaches, um, and that's it. So there's no there's no payment of players. Um, everyone that you see on the screen and, and across the whole club, whether you're the, you know, you've played, you know, how many times for whoever, you still either get sponsored by a company or your your barber or your your dog or whoever. I know one player is sponsored by his dog and his mum pays his sponsorship fee. Um <laughs> You get two I think it's 350 quid for the season that pays for the you know, revenue for the club. Coach, uh, spot, sponsor gets his name in the program, and um, that's it. And if you're not sponsored, you play a di- pay a playing direct debit, and if you're not a player, you pay a social direct debit. And if you're not any of those, then you pay to come and watch the games. And we're fortunate from a mini and junior section that Eggy was talking about there, and the uh, the same with the, the seniors. I mean, we had 86 senior players who are either on a direct debit of £25 a month or 
provided a £360 pay, one-off payment at the start of the season. Um, and then that, then obviously all the way down, million juniors from a direct debit. I don't know exactly the funds, but that just gives you a bit of an idea that we've. I think we've had four or five people across the whole club not pay their direct debit. So, it, I mean, if without that, we would, we'd be in a much worse position. It, can we restart in September if league rugby was to go back to where it was? Can we get coaches to games? Can we have the provision the players get? Can we, you know, the hotel stops pre-game for a team meeting? Can we do that? So, yeah, 100%. Um, would we have been able to do that without the goodwill of the community? No. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, that's, yeah, sounds amazing. So what, So what? Uh, looking ahead then, uh, as we you know, rugby isn't coming back for, for a little while longer. But what are the the, the goals for for Sandback? You know, short term, medium term, uh, you know, and eventually, what is the the future look like? Go on, Aggie. Yeah. So with that, for me, um, I'd like to see as like Nick said, we finished fifth um, in the league last season. If it hadn't been for three games, which I think it was four games, we lost by one point, um, we would have been touching on top two in the league. You can always say what could have been, should have been. This season, I want us to be, well, it's not going to happen, but the next season is available, is to be there, that one or two in the league. And especially with the restructuring, reforming of the leagues that's going to, that's meant to be happening next summer, um, we want to be in the best position possible to be challenging these teams that we've looked up to over the years and uh, we want to be playing and beating them. So that's yeah, why. Definitely. I think, I think on that, perspective it will be interesting to see how some of the teams that we have been playing against and teams you know in the immediate look, two leagues above Nat 2 Nat 1 how they how, how they come out of this financially because I imagine you know clubs that are paying you know it's going to be a lot more difficult for them as Andrew said obviously we're a strictly amateur club and you know we've got a really supportive community and, and the bar at the rugby club is, is busy every night regardless but I think more so from, uh, you know, taking away from the senior playing side of thing, it's just making sure the M&J continues to thrive in the way it has. Um, and, and, you know, I think the stuff that has been done by Andrew and all the coaches from first team through to Eggy at the under sixes, you know, they've been engaging with the players and keeping them involved. And if they can continue to do that and then continue to bring in new players, you know, from the school and, and the wider area, because everyone's been seeing, you know, some match rugby, they've been seeing it on social media, they've been seeing it wherever they've been seeing it, you know, that hopefully they'll bring in more numbers and, and that'll just continue to grow and we'll continue to have players playing in the in the Gallagher Premiership for, for years going on. And that's where we really hope the club goes to, I think. Yeah, we've, we've, we've got... Um... A, a subcommittee at the moment are going through a, a five and a ten year strategic plan, and that goes from you know car park right through to branding and 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 things like that, and whether we're having a you know shelters for under eights and under tens, which is on there because of the their locality of their pitch in comparison to where the clubhouse is, and you know so it, it, there's no thing that I'm really proud of about the club is there's every age group is is sort of seen as equal and every section is seen as equal. Yes, the first team bring in more people to watch on a Saturday and naturally that's just what's going to happen. But I think everyone's aware that, you know, ultimately we need to get rugby back to, you know, we need Bradwell Road busy again, whether it be a Saturday or a Sunday or on a Friday for an event. And ultimately, I think we all, we're all, our sort of our short-term plan is we want everyone to come, I want everyone to come away from the club and go, it's a nice place that the rugby was good we were hosted well 
the beer was reasonably priced. It was pretty decent. There was a good crack in the bar. And actually, do you know what? We might have lost or we might have won, but actually, I, I like that club. I think that's a big, big marker for sort of community rugby. And then sort of long term, look, you know, do we want to go up? 100%. Do we want, a, you know, a, a, an artificial training pitch? 100%. Do we want a, a, a covered stand between the two pitches? 100%. Do we want a, a bigger, better bar? Yeah, with a balcony and a beer terrace. Yeah. You know, but we want to be in the prom. Yes, these are just small little things, and and I think you know it's it's small steps, and and this has sort of put a bit of a roadblock, really. But yeah, it's an exciting place to be involved in. So finally, uh, it's a question that we ask everybody: Um, How? uh, What are your hopes and fears for either the club or grassroots rugby uh, for the next, you know, the next twelve months? Uh, We'll we'll go around the table, but we'll start with Eggy. So. For us as a club, um, being on the committee and everything now, we couldn't be in a stronger position than what we are. Like, I've read about the the other clubs and that in our area, which aren't doing quite as well, and I feel fortunate we're in that position. It is going to be hard getting everybody to come back after all this lockdown. Like, it's going to be over 12 months without any rugby. Um, that is going to be a difficult thing to do for, for the lads, especially married ones with kids. But we've made it the best possible we put the club in the best possible position to come out of this in the best possible place it can do um but yeah i just think we're in a good place i hope everyone else is as well uh, and jack uh yeah hopes really just like eggy said we've always joked about champions league but we're really getting into kind of the top four top two places in the league and establishing ourselves there um probably bringing through a few more colts we always have a couple of real good colts come through each year um Get them into the into the senior teams again, and then the fears I think are just that first contact with a big number three running down me. <laughs> and Nick, yeah, same as the other boys. You know, no hopes or fears as such. And well, I hope that all the other clubs in our league, are, you know, are all in a good place because we look forward to playing against them again. Um, but just, you know, hopes are that we can get back to the bar at some point soon and have a beer together because I think that is much needed and everyone's welcome. 100%, 100% much needed. Uh, and finally, Andrew, your hopes and fears for, for the club or, or for rugby in 2021? Yeah, hopes really, just like, you know, the lads have all alluded to it. We just want to sort of get get back to those good days that we, we always talk about and, you know, whether it be first game of the season at home with Pat, Pat Clubhouse or or, you know, last game of the season or whatever it may be and, and just sort of provide the lads an opportunity, whether it's first team or lads returning to the game or under-16s, under-6s, the first opportunity to play the sport, um, just sort of, you know, provide a, a, everybody else an opportunity to do something that, that they really love and we really love as well. Uh, I think there is a few fears. I think we'd be we'd be silly not to, I mean, I've, I've wrote this in my programme notes, this, we do like a virtual programme every month that goes, that goes out via mail shot and, I've put in there, I think you, you, we've got to be forward thinking with stuff, you know, there's going to be a potentially a 17, 18, 19 years of age boys leaving the game because they've gone to university and they've not actually engaged in any of it. And there's been an easy way out or, you know, these lads who are really powerful and strong on the pitch have gone and run 5k every day for a year and they're not going to be the same in terms of their physical attributes. And I think there's going to be... You know, a lot of lads, we, we sent out a message to all our players. We, we purposely went through every single player that had played for the club in the last three years and spoke to them on the phone or via text message, just as a, like a keep in touch thing. And um, 
a lot of the lads who weren't engaged in rugby last season all replied with a very similar message, which was, well, I haven't played for a year. And I said, well, neither has anyone else. So it's the best way to come <laughs> back because you're all on the same level playing field. So actually, you know, there's, the, there's, there's that as well to consider. But look, I'm sure clubs in and around the community, up and down the country have got little plans and what works for us doesn't work for someone else, you know. And I think everyone's in it together, really, as long as you've got a reasonable set of lads and women and committee members around you, I think, you you know, we'll be in a good place as a, as a, as a sport in general. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, and finally, um, Nick or Jack, tell us where they can find more information about the club on, on social media. Um, Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, we're on them all, really. Um, just search Sandbach Rugby Club or Sandbach RUFC. Um, yeah, and there's loads of information on there. I think Instagram is probably the one with the most up-to-date stuff going on, but yeah. And then Twitter as well, actually. Sorry, I missed that. And Pitch Hero as well. Um, yeah, lovely. Uh, well, look, it's been great to chat to you, lads. Uh, I really appreciate giving up your time. Um, all the best for for the next few months, and hopefully, we'll get some rugby back in the summer, uh, and you can all get that beer together that you you sort of all desperately alluded to. Um, <laughs> trust me, I need one as well. Um, Thank you all for watching. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, don't forget to go to rugbystore.co.uk who have supported us through this sort of the whole 30 odd episodes that we've been doing. Uh, use the promo code FYBPOD at the checkout, get 10% off. Uh, but yeah, Eggy, uh, Jack, Nick, and Andrew, thank you very much for joining the round table tonight. And uh, we'll, we'll catch up again soon. Cheers, Sean. Thank, thank you. Cheers. Thanks again to Sandbank RFC for joining me and a huge thanks again to Rugby Store for supporting our show. Visit rugbystore.co.uk and use the promo code FYBPOD at the checkout to save yourself 10%. And for all the information on Philly Boots, please visit fybrugby.com. I've been Sean Phelan and you've been listening to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable.